eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner and Joey Wagner, and it is mid-July, and it's hard to believe, Joseph, but it is time to get ready for training camp. Uh, I don't know if anybody calls you Joseph, by the way. Every once in a while, I'll call you Joe, Joseph. I don't know why. I just do it. I call Trevor Trev every once in a while. I just do my own thing. So are you are you okay with me calling you that every once in a while, tongue-in-cheek? There's way worse things to be called, <laughs> and certainly I've found my way to those. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, Joey, we got to get ready for training camp. Is Here we go. Um, it's going to start at the end of July, we think, or, or, or early August, uh, but it's not that far away. August 27th, I believe, or 48 days as we're recording this podcast uh, before Illinois starts the football season against Wyoming in week zero. And what we want to do on the podcast, as we are on the website, uh, is preview each position. And I'm going to do it a little bit differently than we do on the site. On the site, I kind of have, you know, we break down, Joey and I split these up. I gave him offensive line this year, which is like giving up a kid uh, to me, but he's been all over the offensive line. But I started out with quarterbacks, and what we do is, hey, the he's this guy's in the spotlight. This guy's got to step up. This guy's the X factor. Here's newcomers to watch. And we're going to do it a little bit differently on the podcast just to approach this a little bit differently. So what I did is I have about five or six questions for each position. And where should we start, Joey? Of course, it is quarterback the most important position on the field and of course it is a position that has not been very good for Illinois recently uh no it has not not only has it not been good in the short term there haven't been long-term questions answered either at least in terms of producing on the field we've seen them bring in Donovan Leary we know they have a commitment from Cal Swanson but it just feels like year after year Jeremy it's a transfer portal stopgap and that doesn't help you sustain something for multiple years. We know Brandon Peters started for three years, but the inconsistencies were there. Just you're kind of waiting for them to find that high school quarterback who can take them where they need to go. And we're still we're still waiting on that. We don't know when that answer is coming. Yeah, just going through Joey the list of starting quarterbacks over the last you know decade since Nathan Shieldhouse. Right, Nathan Shieldhouse was the last Illinois quarterback to win, earn big all Big Ten honors. He's a second-team All-Big Ten guy. Uh, so anyone who at, during that time would say, oh, we got to do better than Nathan Shilas, maybe you were true, but I kept saying that, hey, Nathan Shilas is not the issue. Uh, I would think, believe it was his junior year, redshirt junior year, uh, when he had some injuries and kind of held him back. Uh, Illinois would love 
to have a Nathan Shuhaus again, right? Just a high-impact Big Ten quarterback. It's been ugly, though, man. Um, ever since then, we'll go down the list of starters. Like, Wes Lunt was the next guy. And Wes Lunt and Brandon Peters had very similar careers, right? Uh, just injured a lot. You know, sometimes did, did you have enough confidence from those guys? Um, didn't have a lot around them all the time, but I thought there was enough around West Lawn at times. Riley O'Toole had a nice little stretch there uh, to help Illinois lead to the bowl game. But 2015, West Lawn started every game. That was the last time uh, an Illinois quarterback started every game. I have that in my head all the time is you got your starter, but you better have a backup and maybe another backup who can contribute. 2016, Joey, uh, your quarterback's, where Wes Lunt, seven games, Jeff George Jr. for four games when Les got hurt, and Chase Crouch for a game. 2017, probably the worst quarterback year I've seen. Chase Crouch, five years, Jeff George, five games, Jeff George Jr., five games, Cam Thomas, two. 2018, actually, you try to take that year, given what he did on the ground. A.J. Bush, not a great passer, but a great runner. M.J. Rivers, three games. 2019, Brandon Peters, 11. He's competent, right? Uh, some signs of progress. Matt Robinson, 2, was just a typical backup. Uh, 2020, Brandon Peters, 5. Isaiah Williams, 4. Matt Robinson, 1. Karan Taylor, 1. Um, COVID did a number, obviously, there in, in games that they played. And then last year, you had Arthur Sikowski and uh, Brandon Peters. Uh, Peters starting most of the game. Sikowski starting when, when Peters was out. But all of it's added up to Joey to um, poor play, poor quarterback play. Illinois has finished bottom five in pass efficiency the last seven seasons. So my first question, Joey, why has Illinois been so bad at quarterback? First of all, can we remember what it was like in Santa Clara where it was like we knew Brandon Peters was coming back for another year after the 2019, and you're like, oh, man. Like, did they do they have something here? Like, honestly – think back at it, like that was kind of the he had that dive for a first down it felt like people were rallying or it really was the first down it wasn't called first down it was people were like rallying around him you thought holy crap maybe they found like a two-year like if you can get a quarterback for two years thumbs up right like that that bridges some some area it did not really in this instance with brandon with three but man like jimmy i go back to that pretty frequently because it, that felt like they found something there and joey and there, there was manifest. a there was a reason right it wasn't just like he was we thought he was great but it was just like hey 130 quarterback efficiency rating passer efficiency was good you know 18 touchdowns to eight interceptions that that's good you saw some movement with his legs like you were just thinking, hey, we they got a solid quarterback here for the next year, year or two, right? And it just didn't end up the case. You know, Brandon really struggled in the COVID year. Of course, COVID interrupted all of that. Uh, but it's not the only excuse. I mean, he was terrible against Wisconsin, right? Like that, that was just an atrocious game and just uh, had some games. Nebraska, notably, was pretty good, but just inconsistent. And then last year... Uh, didn't start off well, had the injury, came back, wasn't good whatsoever. Purdue, Maryland, he's a big reason, along with the rest of the offense, and, and Tony Peterson deserves blame, of why you didn't wait, beat Purdue and Maryland. That, that's the difference of the season right there, of making a bowl or not was those two games. And then towards the end of the season, he finally played pretty well. The last four games, he was pretty good. He had 145 pass efficiency rating. You're thinking, 
man, if they just would have had this all year, they're in a bowl game. And maybe they're a surprise in the Big Ten West. It's just consistency, whether it was injuries, confidence, play callers, all of it, Joey. It just never aligned for a consistently good season last year for Brandon Peters. No, it didn't. And if you could bottle up the Minnesota game, the Northwestern game for him, like that was Minnesota, the numbers aren't eye-popping, right? But he did exactly what he needed to do. They ran the ball well. He made timely throws. But to get back to your original question is why haven't they had good – I just don't feel like – I feel like to have good quarterback play, you need to have a little bit of a sustained quarterback play. And that probably means developing a high school kid. Like you can't. I don't think you can constantly live in this transfer market for quarterbacks. Now, those obviously, if you're like a from Ewers, right? He was there for a semester. He transferred. That's it's basically the same thing as getting a high school kid. But if you keep trying to grad transfer your way through this, there's a lot of variation that can exist that way. And I just they just haven't had that guy and developed that guy. It seems simple, but like MJ Rivers could have been. Some I, I like what you saw to him as a freshman. That obviously didn't work out for any number of other reasons. But man, like you just haven't seen them get a kid who maybe comes in as a redshirt freshman or a redshirt sophomore and takes the reins for a couple of years, like Nathan Schuhaus did. My thing is like it never feels everything's aligned because you've had yeah, so much head coaching change, you've had so many offensive coordinators, and then you've yeah, had quarterbacks. Yeah, you've had quarterbacks just in and out of different systems that they weren't recruited for. Like you think of, you know, Wes Lump with Bill Cubitt was a great fit and they had some success when Wes was actually on the field. Um, you know, Bill did a great job with Shieldhouse, you know, that, that when he took over and got a lot out of him in his one year together. But then Bill just didn't recruit the quarterbacks that kind of took the next step after that. But they were playing for Garrick McGee. He wanted something different out of quarterbacks. Garrick McGee's here for two years, never got, unlike Rod Smith. I give a lot of credit to Rod Smith for finding A.J. Bush. Rod Garrick McGee didn't never go for the transfer, the JUCO quarterback, or the one he did, Dwayne Lawson. They knew he wasn't getting into school. So it's like you don't have a bridge to get you some success to build on that and sell in recruiting. And then Rod Smith, I thought A.J. Bush was a great fit. You saw the rushing success they had. And then... I know they went for Tommy Stevens. They went for some other, looked at Matt Fink right at that time. And I think those guys actually might've been better fits because they ran the ball well, or you should have ran Brandon Moore. I thought Rod should have been more himself. I think he really changed his system for Brandon, which kudos him for that. But I just don't know if that was the best way to to have success uh, as a team. Now they made a bowl game the first year of Brandon, but then, you know, at some point, you thought maybe Isaiah Williams, the guy that Rod might fit better, um, that maybe they should go to him. But they kept it up with Brandon, felt like they owed him something it felt like. And then now you get a new coordinator, Tony Peterson. It feels like Brandon Peters, if he's going to get the most, it's this pro-style passer, and it didn't work. Whether it was injury, whether it was the, the play calling, all of it just didn't work. Whether it was just Brandon not playing well enough. And now you have a new coordinator, Joey, and a new quarterback who he didn't recruit, and a new quarterback room. That's where I think this is – Illinois needs Barry Lunny to be good. They need to be good as an evaluator, as a play caller, and a developer of talent because there's just been a revolving door, and it feels like the head coach is adapting to a new OC, the OC is adapting to different quarterbacks, and it never has time to gel and just 
take off and find some consistency and some stability. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, it's kind of been, I don't want to say a revolving door of offensive coordinators, but there have been a few trying their way through Champaign-Urbana uh, over the last Wait, can, can I count? Years. Can I count? In yeah. my time covering yeah. this team since Tim Beckman's first year, you had the two cool co-offense coordinators, Chris Beatty and Billy Gonzalez. You had Bill Cubitt, which that was the most stable era of play callers for Illinois. I had four years of Bill Cubitt. Um, and then you had Garrick McGee for two years. Then you had Rod Smith and Tony Peterson. And then now Barry has seven offensive coordinators since 2012. I don't think that's the answer, to be honest with you. To try to like build a successful offense, I don't think seven offensive coordinators in you, ten years. You know who else has had that kind of track record? Rutgers. Rutgers had nine straight years with new offense coordinators. Rutgers is the only Big Ten team that's had worse quarterback play than Illinois. Right. So there you go. That's it's just a revolving door. And, and we also need to say, Jeremy, it's not like there's a. For the most part, there hasn't been. A, a talent boon at the skill positions to help out quarterbacks either. Isaiah Williams, obviously, you and I are both high on him. We, we've not really been secretive about that, and I think it's for good reason. But it's not like you've seen these NFL receivers. I mean, it's been since Geronimo Allison, since Malik Turner. I mean, it's just you've not seen. They haven't had a receiver. You looked this up, right? A receiver drafted since 2012 when it really has been was in the first round. A.J. Jenkins. That's not really happening either. Yeah, it was AJ Jenkins in the first round that year. Regis Ben in 2010 uh, was his high yeah, second rounder. Um, but yeah, that, there hasn't been a lot there to help them either. So quarterbacks, wide receivers, and offense coordinator all have been weaknesses, and I don't think it's right. I, I think it all correlates. Um, so I, I don't know how you weigh each one, but I think the offensive coordinator, the turnstile there, the turnstile at head coach uh, certainly has played a role in all of that. All right, question number two, Joey. How big of an upgrade is Barry Lunny Jr. as a play caller? I mean, so we've seen him call zero plays in the Power Five, right? I mean, but, but, uh, against a Power Five team last year in Champaign. Yes. I mean, I, I think it's fair to think it's an upgrade because he's got the, these last two years that he's been at UTSA, pretty good offensively, Jeremy. And that's not like, pretty good for quote a group of five or anything they've just been good. like if you watch them it looks like there's a reason and it looks like there's a rhyme and reason for everything and there's consistency and there's a plan like that's good to me no it's got to translate and you probably need talent upgrades at certain spots on this illinois team to get it to fully translate but i think if you look at it it probably is an upgrade tony peterson hadn't been in the power five in some time and i'm trying to you know, he's gone. Uh, you know, he's at Illinois State. There's no reason to sit here and pile on the guy, but there were some questionable play calls last year. Yeah. Like, that's just a point. So we'll see. I mean, they're going to be questionable play calls this year? Probably. I mean, it's football. There's a questionable play call every year. But I, I just, there seems to be kind of that it factor with Barry Lonnie. And we've got to see it on the field, but I, I do think it's an upgrade. I don't know how much. I, I think it'd be unfair to say, you know, it's an X number of upgrade because we haven't seen. I haven't seen him be a play caller at Illinois yet. I'm going to take you back in time, Joey, um, to when I did my first OC hot list when Brett Bielema got hired. Tony Peterson wasn't on that list because he never coached with Brett Bielema, right? And I would have had to go back to like 2000s 
Big Ten football think of any kind of connection to him. So I didn't have him on the list. He was a shock hire to me. Uh, and he wasn't, you know, he's an older guy. I, he was at the, the lower level FBS. So I was like, hey, he's not on my radar. I'm looking for the up and comer. Barry Loney Jr. was definitely on my list because I liked the idea of him. I, I loved the connection to Bielema. I loved the offense that he run at UTSA, felt a little more modern. And that was my question with Tony Peterson was, you know, I know he did some stuff at App State that was a little newer uh, with the run game, but it, he kind of adapted his style to that. And what he did in the Big Ten was more like what Bielema did his first time at Wisconsin. I was like, is that going to work? Can you out Wisconsin or out Iowa those programs at Illinois? Uh, I thought that was going to take a long time. And I just think you got to do a little bit something different. I thought Dan Enos made a ton of sense because he was Bielema's second hire as an OC at Arkansas. And he adapted more to the modern game than it was Cheney was his offense coordinator, more the pro-style guy, older guy. And Dan Enos, younger guy, came in and runs a little bit more spread concepts. Quarterback runs a little bit more. I thought that made sense. I thought Enos was kind of the go-to guy there. And Lunny made sense as an up-and-comer. Um, so I, I like the idea more of Barry Lunny as a play caller. The offense is going to have similar, right, similar, I guess, tenets of they're going to have a power run game. They're going to run the ball a lot. But the way he gets people the ball, the way he operates the quarterback is going to be a little bit different. You're not going to be under center anymore, right? The quarterback's going to be in the shotgun almost all the time. Um, that probably allows him to see the field a little bit better, see the defense a little bit better. Um you also have a quarterback that's going to move, I think, a lot more outside the pocket. And he's just going to get rid of the ball faster. If there's one thing we saw against UTSA is he gets receivers in space, gets them the ball quickly, and I think we saw that in the spring game as well. So we have to see how it all happens. But I just think there's more counters. I think there's less predictability with this offense. Um, so I, I like the idea of Barry Loney and the idea of him as a play caller. So I do think he's an upgrade. Now he just has to do it right uh, against actual big 10 competition, which is different than doing it against conference USA. Yeah. I think we also need to, like, I, I know you and I, Jeremy have encountered the notion of, well, this offense isn't going to be that different. It is. It is going to be different. It, it's a lot of room between what Tony Peterson ran kind of that pro style and like a rich rod spread. Just a lot of room for differences between those two ends of kind of the offensive spectrum. Barry Lunny's going to be in the middle of those differences. Like, to your point, yes, they're not just going to come in here and say, run the ball, never heard of it. Like, that's not going to happen. But they're also going to play with more tempo, selective tempo, when to go. Like, that is different. So, so any notion that, like, oh, it's going to be the same offense or done better or it's not going to be different, I don't buy that. It is going to be a lot different. It's just maybe not going to be those – spread five receivers and throw it until you can't throw anymore like there's a lot of room for variation i think that kind of gets overlooked at times and of course that's going to impact the quarterback and and what we think it's going to be tommy devito what he's asked to do what he's able to do like all of that's going to factor in okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Transition me perfectly into question number three, Joey. You're getting good at this thing. Is Tommy DeVito an upgrade over Brandon Peters? I mean, when we look at 20, this we can do, Jeremy, is look at 2019 numbers. Like, we haven't really seen much of Tommy DeVito outside of that 2019 season, which is better than the season Brandon Peters had, right? I mean, his 29 season was, 2019 season, rather, was pretty freaking good. Like, that was a good season. I, it's hard to say, right? Like, maybe, maybe, like, I, I just, we haven't seen a steady version of that Tommy DeVito since we saw that steady version of Brandon Peters. Like, I think it is. I don't want to pour cold water on, on anybody's excitement in, in the middle of July, but I can't sit here and say, I'll tell you what, that's that's head and shoulders above where Brandon Peters Well, I think there's no, probably an upgrade, but I think that also comes with the full-scale upgrade of a, of a coordinator who might lean in to maximize what he has more. Like, all of that factors into it as well. So I, I think as a whole, yes. But if you were just drilling and say, is Tommy DeVito an upgrade over Brandon Peters? I, we can't answer that because we haven't seen yeah. enough evidence in the last few years. They need him to. Like, that, that, that is clear. They need him to be an upgrade. I agree with your sentiment that it's going to depend on the offense coordinator. Because if Tommy DeVito does not have a good offense, like if Illinois had the same play calls as last year, the same talent level, which it basically is, right? Uh, I would say, I don't think so. I, I think their talent level is very similar and their stories are kind of similar, right? Both very highly ranked prospects, four-star prospects going to their schools, Brandon Peters at Michigan, Tommy DeVito uh, at Syracuse, both had a level of success, not as much for Brandon, but he started as a redshirt freshman at Michigan, which is no no you know small feat. Tommy DeVito had a year in, in 2019 that made him look like the guy for Dino Babers in the long term. I mean, after an 11-win season, you know, DeVito came in, had a terrible offensive line, had some good receivers, but he threw for 2,300 yards, 19 touchdowns, five interceptions. Felt pretty good about that guy moving forward. Then, like Peters, he had injuries, right? Had some inconsistency, and Syracuse did not have success, so they look for another guy, look for competition, look for depth. Scott Schrader comes in. He can run the football, but Syracuse wasn't very good with him either. So I think it was just pick your guy, your preference of who you want to have, Schrader or or DeVito, and they just kind of had moved on from DeVito at that time. Uh, I watched DeVito's film, man, and, and there's really things to like. I think Peters had a stronger arm. He's a bigger guy, but DeVito's got a strong arm. Uh, he can He can sling it. Um, and he's certainly got a strong enough arm. But what I like about him is he's got good athleticism. I think he can really use his legs a little bit more than he did at Syracuse. I think we'll see that a little bit uh, at Illinois. But if we're going by the last couple years' numbers, Joey, I broke this down. His completion rate the last two years, 54.1. Peters, the last two years, 52.2. Yards per attempt the last two years, Um Peters, 6.4. DeVito, 6.6. Touchdowns, Peters, 10. DeVito, 5. Interceptions, both through 4. Pass efficiency rating, 
115 for DeVito, 116 for Peters. Right? So it depends on is the change of scenery, is the change of play callers, the change of offense good enough for DeVito? I think he sh- I I would project he'll be better. He'll have better numbers last year than Peters. And one thing I like about DeVito, I questioned at times whether Peters was confident. I questioned at times whether Peters could lift his team out of a funk. Like when you got into a funk on that offense, it felt like they were never getting out of it. A quarterback has to lift you out of that. I think DeVito, at least early on, this is the offseason, is showing a confidence and a swagger that I think you have to have in a quarterback. Now he's got to translate that to actual good mechanics, decision-making, all of that. But I do like that. I do need a quarterback who, when things are going wrong, can get me out of that. And people can look at him in the, in the huddle or not the huddle uh, for Illinois, but look at him and say, hey, we're still good. We, this guy can still lead us to victory. I, I never got that feeling the last two years of Brandon. Which is interesting because we have heard from players that, like, Brandon's kind of a trash talker out there. Yeah. And, and, like, there were times where – When things are going well. You saw it. He saw it, man. Like, when things were going, he, he had fire. And I want to reiterate, like, any about you or I, Jeremy, are saying, like, hey, another year of the quarterback play you've been watching for three years. Good luck, fans. Like, I don't think that's it. No. I, I think that there's probably more of an environment for DeVito to thrive this year or, or thrive compared to where this Illinois quarterback situation has been. And to your point from earlier, that's going to fall on Barry Lunny to maximize the one year – he's got with this guy i mean that's just if better when he can do that I, I don't know they might carry him off the field on november 12th for the home game the last home game of the season like that that's a big task but if he can do it that's what you see right like that's what you want to see out of your offensive coordinator so it's i, I as you were talking i thought man i i hope we didn't tell people like yeah good luck it's going to be no but, sudden for but, but I, how can we say it how can we say it's a, a dramatic upgrade or anything along those lines? I feel like that would be that'd be disingenuous of us to try to sit there and do that. But I, I think the environment is an upgrade for the, the quarterback. And, and that's – DeVito has to maximize that and Lunny has to maximize that. I think there's a reason that Nebraska fans should be more excited about Casey Thompson than Illinois fans are about Tommy DeVito. All right, Casey sure. Thompson is going to be a junior, <clears throat> also a former top prospect – but just last year, he had 24 touchdowns and nine interceptions, 63% completion rate, right? Like, DeVito's not put up those numbers the last couple of years. So, listen, I think Nebraska's got a host of issues, but I think there's a – if Illinois had Casey Thompson, I think we'd be a little bit like, oh, yeah, like I, I think Illinois is going to take a huge huge step forward. In the last two years haven't been great for DeVito, and um, you know we'll see if he can put it all together. But I do think there's optimism there as well i think i think the coaching staff's done a pretty good job of not getting unrealistic with devito saying you know lonnie's been really good about he needs to take some more steps but i like what we've seen in the spring now we got to carry over it in the fall so i think we're doing i think we're being reasonable joey i don't think we need to fight back or saying like hey there's no reason to be optimistic i think there are reasons to be optimistic but there's also reasons for skepticism this kid's coming from syracuse that has struggled the last couple years not even a a texas that's going to make a bowl game no matter what right yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, there's hey, look, and, and until it's until it's not a question, this is going to be kind of a discussion about the Illinois quarterback situation until they get that guy. Maybe <clears throat> that guy's in the room right now. Maybe that guy's Donovan Leary. Maybe, maybe it isn't. But until until you start to say, hey, they're bringing back that guy, then you're going to have to have these discussions. And I 
I'm sure long term, this coaching staff doesn't want to fish in the portal every year or every two years for a quarterback. You'd like to develop one. But where Illinois football is, is you're not going to get a perfect five-star kid walking in the door who's got pounds of college production and say, welcome. I yeah. it's, it's just it's a kind of a step process. I'll end the conversation with this. Um, there's a reason Illinois wanted to, to get DeVito in the winter, right? Yes. One, to get yes. him in here, but two, he's better than anything they have. So I, am, I think it's far better to have Tommy DeVito on your roster than, than, than not at, at this point. So I think he's an upgrade over what they have, whether it'll be an upgrade over Brandon Peters. I would buy that. If we're doing a buy or sell, I'd buy that. He'll have a better year than Brandon Peters had last year. But I, I don't know if it's going to be top five, top six quarterback in the Big Ten. If they got 2019 production, like Brandon Peters level production. Sign me up. I think you, yes, right? And that's very doable for Tommy DeVito because he has done it. We just haven't seen it in a couple of years. That's that's my hold up is I just need to see it. And maybe a new environment, maybe all of that will play in and we'll see. But I, I do think he was an upgrade over the room when they brought him in without question, without any question at all. With that said, question number four. Can Art Sikowski push DeVito for the starting spot? Do you expect that, or do you think we should be on the lookout for that in training camp? I expect him to push. I do not expect him to take it. I, I mean, I think there's a big difference there. And, and they, the coaching staff has said, this is a quarterback competition. This is a quarterback competition. Like, the only staff in the country who isn't saying it's a quarterback competition is in Columbus, Ohio with C.J. freaking Stroud. Like, that's just coach speak. That's off-season coach speak. It's a quarterback competition. Rod Smith said it all the time. This competition every day. What, what was? I mean, you, like you can write down the quote, but I, they're going to give artists chance. I mean, I don't think they're looking like okay, whatever, buddy. Like this is Tommy DeVito's job. But Tommy DeVito went through the spring. He he is a talented quarterback. I mean, we've seen that talent play out. I think Art is going to push. I don't expect him to start against uh, Wyoming. But that also doesn't mean I expect Tommy DeVito to start against Northwestern either. I think he's going to get the first crack at this. If it doesn't work, then maybe they try to turn it somewhere else and look to Art and see what he can do. But I think the spring matters. As I think we're calling it like an inside track, Jeremy, to the starting job. That sounds fair to me. Like that, that is where Tommy DeVito is, I think. Barring injury, I expect Tommy DeVito to start week one. Barring injury, I expect Tommy DeVito to start basically every game. Um, I, I think I think he's the best option that they have, most prepared option that they have. I will say this. I like having Art Sikowski in that room. I, I just think he oozes leadership. Um, and we have to we have to have the ca- caveat, right? He had a shoulder injury last year to his throwing arm, right? And may, is that why he was inaccurate? Is that why his fastball wasn't there? I would say it has something to do with it. But some of the things we saw at Rutgers, even the last couple of years, I thought the last couple of years at Rutgers, he was a solid backup. Um, I thought he was a solid backup for Illinois. You saw him come in Nebraska, give Illinois some juice, gives you a chance to win, right? UTSA wasn't always pretty, but he gave you a chance. Like defense was the reason you lost that game. But then it got ugly when he had to be the starter, man, late in the year. Um, the Penn State game, I know we remember fondly, the offense was atrocious with Art there. Uh, the game before, I'm forgetting who they lost to, was was atrocious. Was that? Um, that it was Wisconsin. Was, yeah, it was just, oh, it was gross, right? Like it just, he had no chance to throw the ball. So he has to be better. He has to be better. He has to be more accurate. I do think he's a smart, intelligent, vocal leader. So I like him as my backup. And if Devito gets hurt, which he's got a history of getting hurt, 
I think DeVito, I think Sikowski can give you a chance if he's a little bit more accurate. Uh, but if he's your starting quarterback for most of the season, I think it's going to be a struggle. Just worst backups to have. We've seen that play out at Memorial Stadium yes. in seasons past. Like there are way worse quarterbacks to have as your backup than Art Sikowski. I'll also say in like two or three years, if I'm Brad Bielma, I'm kind of be begging him to hang around uh, in some GA? capacity. Yeah. You want that dude around your program. Now, that doesn't mean you want him starting 12 football games or 13. And it, it, you know, you're Illinois hoping to get to that point. But you want him around, man, because he he's got that. Do you remember the first time, Jeremy, we talked to him after it was a Nebraska game, right? He's doing interviews, he's clapping, and the whole nine, you're like, man, this guy's this guy's kind of got it a little bit. And and we'll see. We'll see what the surgery does. Like uh, that's the biggest elephant in the room is is what does that what does that change if anything how much like that that's a question that's fair to ask i want to take out his freshman season not that i should do that completely but he was just not in a position to succeed at Rutgers, right his last three years at Rutgers in illinois is a 57 percent completion rate 10 touchdowns four interceptions 110 pass efficiency right like I, i think that's probably more what he is now can he get that to 120 i think that's a possibility with a better play caller, right? With a, with a healthy season, I think that's a possibility. I don't think he's going to be all of a sudden, oh yeah, middle of the pack, Big Ten starter. Maybe he can be, Joey, but it's just I, I think we got to take the numbers for what they are at this point. And he's a backup quarterback. He's a solid backup quarterback for Illinois. Illinois hasn't had so we've done all this like what they've not had at starting quarterbacks. Take one step back, like there has not been a very strong history of good backups sitting there willing to bail out an injury. And, and if you can get that out of art, all right, like that's good for you. You said they don't want to be in the portal every year. Well, question number five, who are you buying is the long-term option is the, is the quarterback for Illinois and Barry Lunny jr. I mean, come on now. What? So the, the option, let's just lay out the options, right? The options are Samari Collier, Right now on this roster, Samari Collier, Donovan Leary, uh, there's some excitement, at least I, I think his tape is good, the, the Kirkland Michaud, the walk-on, but we're talking about a walk-on quarterback who's played baseball for two years. They have a commitment from Cal Swanson. So what do you do? Like, what's the bridge there? Like, the long-term, how long-term? Like, four years? After DeVito. Right, like Devito's gone you, after you, one year. You're probably in the portal. You're probably in the portal for. You would ideally get a two-year guy. I, I think three. If you could swing three, fine. But it's got to be right. Like two is ideal. I don't think you want another one-year guy if you can avoid it. I don't. I don't know how much that helps because you're in the portal again and you're turned into a young player. So n- next year's probably another portal guy. It, it just is. But, but my question is, when do you get out of that? When do you climb out of quarterback portal, Bill? Here's my thing. You mentioned like you want to get out of that. You'd love to have a prep. Yeah, maybe. I don't care. I don't care where they come from, to be honest with you, because you can get four-year quarterbacks in the portal, right? So I don't care. I don't care where they come from, but you got to find a longer-term option. And I know there's fans of Samari Collier. He's got interesting skills, right? He's got raw talent. Uh, he reminds me of Karan Taylor. Karan's problem was accuracy, and that is Samari's problem. So if Samari can find accuracy and mechanics and consistency, maybe he can be that guy, Joey, but we have to do our job as reporters and say, we have gotten no sense of that, 
right? That that he is going to be that guy. Right now, he's probably fighting for the number four job behind Ryan Johnson, who's got one year of eligibility left, a walk-on. Um, so he's probably fighting Donovan Leary and Kirkland Michaud for that number four spot. Maybe if he has a great fall camp, he can get the number three spot, right? Like that's the ideal version of Samari Collier this year. So I'm not going to bank on that. Illinois clearly isn't. Donovan Leary is an intriguing prospect. Um, wasn't a highly ranked one, right? Didn't have a ton of power five options when Illinois and Tony Peterson came in and his offensive coordinator now, Barry Lunny, did not recruit him. I, I think those are just the facts, right? Um, but he's got a good arm, good athleticism, great bloodlines. His brother Devin's an NFL prospect at NC State. I think that is, um, I think that matters to have that kind of experience in the family that you have that you can go to as a resource. Kirkland Michaud is really interesting. 6'5", 220 pounds. He's played baseball the last two years, so I don't think he's going to be an option this year, right? He's got to get back into college football. His reps are probably going to be very limited. But huge arm, big body. His one year at Westlake in Austin, which is a powerhouse, he led him to a state championship, put up monster numbers. First quarterback to win a title there since Drew Brees, right? That's a fun thing. So he intrigues me. He really does. He's Barry's first quarterback he's added. Cal Swanson is going to need time. It's going to be a portal guy. It's, it, it's a portal guy. It absolutely is. I, and I would be looking for a multi-year guy because I, I don't know if you can bank on any of those guys. But that is why Lonnie needs to have some kind of success with DeVito, right? You got to have some kind of success with DeVito. If you can get to a bowl game, Tommy has a solid bounce back season, maybe gets a chance to be on an NFL training camp, right? All of a sudden, you might be able to sell a better transfer uh, this next offseason that can be more of the long-term answer and finally start to steady this thing out. Yeah, so, so I guess I should have meant that because you're right. Maybe maybe saying a prep quarterback is is like the old the 2017 way of thinking. It'd be great. Right? Because you It'd be great, and you want those guys to continue to come in because we keep mentioning injuries, depth. You need depth at this position. Yeah, I, but to your point, and and in the the portal world that it is, you can go and get a three year guy. You can get a four year guy, but. And just one year, if you were to get another, if you could, were to get Tommy DeVito or like one year guy again next year, I think you're just fighting yourself yep. a battle again going into the 24 season. You need some, you need a three year stabilizer, and you probably didn't play better than Brandon Peters did, but you need a couple years where you're not, it's not December 1st, it's not January 1st, and you're like, oh my God, what? who's the quarterback? And, and that's why Lunny needs to succeed, Joey, because every time it's a new offensive coordinator coming in, and when you bring in high school guys, most of them aren't ready in their first year or two, right? So you have to go find a guy. But you also have three guys in the room who he might not like, right? And then he's got to do this all over again. So, And you're, you're behind in the in the high school recruiting, like Tony Peterson was behind and he went and got Donovan Leary, who wasn't, he didn't even see throw in person before he got Donovan Leary. And then, you know, Barry comes here and most of the quarterback prospects were already committed by the time he's able to get on the recruiting trail. So he has to dig and dig and dig. And he went through so many guys that he saw this spring and they really like Cal finds him intriguing, but that's not going to stop him from going to get more guys. So um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a transfer guy next year. All right, last one. What are your expectations for Illini quarterbacks in 2022? I'm probably going to steal your thunder. This is something you said to me last week. Be Tanner Morgan, man. Just be Tanner Morgan. Be 
if you're eighth or ninth in the conference or whatever meaningful quarterbacking metrics are out there, that's fine. That's good. Be in the middle of the Big Ten. Like, I, I think if Barry Lonnie can have a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten passing offense, and I know eventually we'll talk in a podcast about the running backs. By the way, we think they're good. If you have a middle-of-the-road passing offense, you're probably bowling, right? You're, you're probably in a bowl game or or in that discussion in the middle of November to be in one. So I think that's a reasonable expectation. Be ninth in the Big Ten yeah. in most meaningful passing stats and count yourself as having a good first year as an offensive coordinator, providing you still run the ball like we think they're going to. Yeah, the highlight of Illinois pass efficiency since 2015 was Brandon Peters' year in 2019. They were 10th with 121.6. Okay? And Matt Robinson started a couple games there, right? If you can get ninth or 8th, you feel like you're making a bowl game. And that's not... That shouldn't be unrealistic for Tommy DeVito and Barry Lunny. Even with a, a wide receiver group that we'll get into in that podcast, I have questions outside of the number one guy, right? But you can find you should be able to find a way to get people open and play off that running attack and be a little bit unpredictable to have a decent, respectable um, passing attack that opponents have to at least account for. They didn't have to account for it last year. And it's amazing they were able to run for the yards they were despite that. And you mentioned Tanner Morgan. I've, I've mentioned that one before. He's a guy with 134 pass efficiency. Ever since Tyler Johnson and Bateman went to the pros, right? He's, he's, not, he's not the guy that was an NFL draft prospect. And he's coming back for a sixth season because of that. Uh, but he's, he's a solid Big Ten quarterback, right? Minnesota has a good run game, okay receivers, good offensive line. They got a much improved defense. They won nine games last year with a with a solid Big Ten quarterback. You know what Illinois could use? It was Brandon Peters over the last four games. It's inconsistent. Tommy DeVito is not going to be great every game. I don't think we expect that. But Iowa's quarterbacks, Wisconsin's quarterbacks, Minnesota's quarterbacks, I don't know if they ever scare you, but they're just efficient. They make solid decisions, and they make you pay every once in a while and help you stay in front of the sticks. Right, so that's what it is for me. Just, just have respectable passing game, and to me, that's like eighth or ninth in the Big Ten in pass efficiency. So, I don't think Tommy DeVito is going to come in here and earn all Big Ten honors, Joey. I don't know if he's set up for that with with his receivers, with his offensive line, which I have a little questions about. But I, I think he's got enough experience. I think he's got a, a play caller that that's not a that's not unrealistic. Yeah, I'm with you, and to me, it's the the, whole, the environment in totality. Right, it's a fresh start. It's we, we've seen Barry Lonnie put together good offenses, like that. The, the whole thing of it is it, just feels like it's set up for him to be middle of the road. Just middle of the road. Don't get in your own way. Don't hurt yourself, and you'll be all right. Like you will be okay if you can be. I think the, to your point about the last four games with Brandon Peters. I get it. I understand where fans were with him by the end of last season and the frustration that was. Go back and watch those four games. Like, don't let the whole body of work of Brandon Peters cloud what he was in those four games. He solid. You would take that hundred. Take it. You take that at, at Illinois. You take that eighty times out of hundred, right? Like that is that is what you need where this program is right now. Now, if you're saying the same thing in five years. Okay, we can revisit that conversation, but right now, that is what this program needs. Yeah, it's just they need 
They need some stability. No one's asking Barry Loney to turn Tommy DeVito into an NFL draft pick. Illinois doesn't need that right now for where their program is. They just need a solid quarterback. And I, I think the talent is there to be able to do it. It's the most important position, and I think a lot of it's going to have to do with a guy that's going to be – Is he? On, did he say he's on the sideline or in the booth? I think he's in the booth, right? Or is, uh, he's a sideline. Sideline guy. His preference has been sideline. Basically, he'll go up to the booth if that's what Brett wants. But I think he saw what Ryan Walters did going down to the sideline last year, and that's where he's comfortable. I don't think Brett Beal – I'm feeling it's too smart to ask his coordinators to do something that's not the yeah. most comfortable for them. And so I would expect Lonnie to be on the sideline. Yeah, and uh, Lonnie's got a little bit more fire to him, it seems like, especially during games. Ryan Walters might seem that way. He might seem like – calm cool and collected uh in his press conferences he is not that way uh on the sidelines so it's really he's really fun to watch actually when we get down there all right i think we covered it for alani quarterbacks we'll do this for every position throughout the offseason leading you into training camp which is just around the corner we've got big 10 media days in just a couple weeks so thank you for listening to the alani inquirer podcast give us a follow rating review wherever you get your podcast but everybody take care of each other have a great day and we'll talk to you next time on the alani inquirer podcast